And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hey, what's going on? Welcome back to Spin Right, the Athletics Toronto Blue Jays podcast. My name is Drew Fairservice, and we are here talking about your Toronto Blue Jays coming off. Uh, are they still red hot? I think we could probably still qualify them as, as red hot. The long winning streak is over. Lost two of three to the Minnesota Twins, who for some reason got lumped in with like the soft part of the schedule. Minnesota's in first place. I don't know that I would necessarily equate them with some of the other uh, struggling teams there in the American League Central. But as I said, this is the Athletics Blue Jays podcast called Spin Rate. You can subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, you can subscribe to The Athletic. I recommend you go to theathletic.com slash spin rate and subscribe there. They'll give you a tidy deal. That way you can get everything that my co-host here on Spin Right writes. She covers the Blue Jays for The Athletic. Her name is Caitlin McGrath. Caitlin, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing okay. Caitlin joins me, as I said, uh, well, not as I said, as you might know, if you listen to our show before, once a week, and we do two, two episodes, typically. Typically, later in the week, I'm joined by Ricky Romero, who is a former, of course, all-star starter for the Toronto Blue Jays, but he is gracing us with his presence here on Monday. It is a whole squad affair. Ricky, good morning. Good morning. How are you guys doing? I can't complain. I can't complain too loudly, uh, other than the fact that my men's league basketball team that usually has five players only had four last night. So we had to play (laughs) with four. And uh, it's a suboptimal outcome, but it was fine. What can you do? Good buckets. <laughs> I had, a, I had, a, I, we were talking a little bit off air about like playing and, and, you know, you know, extending your careers and stuff because I'm obviously just recreationally. I had a, I had a nightmare last night that I had was thrown out of the league that I would, they told me I couldn't play anymore. And I was like, that would be the worst thing. Tell me I can't play. I only play four <laughs> on five <laughs> men's league basketball in Orangeville, Ontario. But anyway, <laughs> the grind, we're all here grinding away. The Blue Jays are grinding here into June. Uh, we got a few different things we're going to talk about, of course. Uh, an interesting trip through the rotation. Uh, again, coming up against a pretty good Twins team uh, that has some pretty interesting arms in it, if nothing else. Uh, we've got some stuff to talk about, again, with the on the injury front, uh, some moves being made. And I, I also want to do a little bit of, like, kind of trend spotting here as we're into the, into the third calendar month of the season. So we'll take a look at what the Blue Jays are up to. But let's start with that weekend series against Minnesota. Uh, it, it, notwithstanding the fact that any team can beat any team on any given day, I think there was a little bit of looking past Minnesota and, and not necessarily being cognizant of the fact that they are uh, in first place. They're a good team that was obviously awful last year, but there's a lot of talent on that club. And even though they, we didn't even see the full-powered twins here in Toronto this weekend. Yeah, I, I, I thought, you know, for, for the most part, the offense stayed hot. And mm-hmm. even yesterday, uh, they they made it a game and they made it interesting. They had a chance to win the golf ball game if 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 Bo, you know, puts up a a, a great at bat and and he hits a home run, it's it's game over. <laughs> uh, 
And uh, I think that's what I like seeing the most, the way they battled. The, there are bats have just gotten way better doing that when from when that streak started to when it ended. And even this weekend, their at bats have just been a lot better. And obviously the pitching faltered a little bit this past weekend. And but again, you know, I felt like a lot of people were putting too much thought into Gossman's struggles. And I know Joe Siddle yesterday on the broadcast mentioned something about him tipping his pitches and stuff like that. Um, and, and sometimes those are little adjustments that as a pitcher, you have to be able to make, and you go back, you watch tape on it and I'm sure they're going over it. But again, he was so dominant for, for such a long time that he's bound to hit a little bit of a rocky, rocky, uh, part in his, in his season. But, uh, again, um, could, could it be that he was tipping pitches? Who knows? Could it be that, um, they were just laying off his changeup? Sometimes the scouting reports out there say, Hey, you know what? It, two strikes he's going to try and throw that change up just try and lay off of it and it's going to be a ball all the time i had a good change up so i know how that feels when when you throw <laughs> a good one and hitters lay off of it you're like damn like how did how did he not swing at that and you saw it in his interview yesterday he said i don't know how they were laying off some of those change ups or split fingers or whatever he throws um but yeah we know I, the truth I, we know yeah. the truth here on this show <laughs> we know what we know what change up when we see one but you know sometimes that's the scouting report and that's the way that some some hitters tend to adjust yeah, I think like if I could just have my two cents on the series, it was a weird series because, as you said, they were coming in um, and they'd won eight eight in a row and they'd had two previous sweeps. I don't know that they like overlooked the Twins. It just felt like it was a couple sloppy games, especially that Sunday game, which like that whole game changes and we're not even maybe talking about Gosman's start as much if um Teoscar makes that routine catch in right field and if Vladdy makes the catch in foul territory. Then it's a whole different game. Um we're maybe not talking about Gosman as much because he did kind of make an adjustment um about the third inning or so and it, lo- it looked like he was kind of getting better but then he just had thrown so many pitches in the first two innings um and some of that was because the defense behind him um wasn't making those catches and that happens like he was you know no one's necessarily like pointing a finger like that's just baseball like sometimes mm-hmm. guys don't catch routine um fly balls because of the sun um like this is how games happen so i feel like it was a weird series because it's like the blue jays lost but it didn't it didn't feel like there was like I mean, they were not happy to not win, but like it didn't feel like there was like a crushing amount of disappointment because it was like they have been playing good. And I think the fact that like the bats still look good for the most part, um, especially like putting up 12 runs or whatever they did on um, Saturday. And then they again have that sort of um, 2021 feel with them where they just seem to never go away in games. Um, You can never really count them out. So that's like good to see. And I think that like that sort of like, um, softened the fact that they lost that game was like, you know what? They still made it a game and they kind of know like that game should have went their way if they had made um, the catches that they normally make. And so I don't know. It was like still kind of an encouraging series. Cause I think all throughout you saw the at bats look pretty good and yeah, like the twins are good. Like the twins mm. are a good team. They're yeah, a good they're lineup. Solid. And like even the some of their sort of like replacement guys um, looked really good, um, and so 
uh, these kind of series are going to happen. And you saw against like the Angels, the Blue Jays had some sort of games handed to them a little bit with the Angels defense. So like that's how baseball the, goes sometimes. The Angels you know what will I mean? do that. Yeah, exactly. And the Angels are not good right now. Like the Angels like got good. broken. They got yeah, broken by the, the Jays. The Jays <laughs> broke the Angels. Honestly, they they lost to the Phillies this weekend. It's like you yeah. think that like you think you'd go in the Phillies and. Um, like that team has been a whole mess. Um, so yeah, it was like an interesting, um, series in Toronto, but I think the takeaway was like, you know what, at least the offense is staying hot and they look like they're not going anywhere. And, um, you talk about the twins not being a soft part of schedule, which I would agree with, but, Mm -hmm. um, the Royals are. <laughs> so the yeah. Blue Jays should be able to kind of get back on track in this series. Especially nice too, because their pitchers get a bit of a I don't know of a break, but it, Kauffman Stadium's really big. So for Stripling to be back in the rotation, this is a sort of a decent park for him to get his first start again because it is hard to hit it out in, in uh, Kansas City. That so and, he, oh. and and you can't let it trickle down. You really can't like you can't let that series get you so down that it it carries over into tonight's game because again, this is the softer part of the schedule and this is the games that they should win. But again, with the target that they've been carrying all season, the the Kansas City Royals are not going to just hand them a game or a series no. or a sweep. So two things. Number one, I don't think it's unfair to blame those dropped balls. Uh, to, so actually, two one A and one day one B. You can blame those those dropped balls lost in the sun on a couple different places. One person I saw in <laughs> replying to Stoughton uh, blamed the manager. Uh, in his mind, <laughs> it was Charlie Montoyo's fault that Teoscar Hernandez and Vlad were out there without their sunglasses on, even though Charlie had his blockers going, uh, you know, with no shame. So, yeah, okay, blame the manager. The other person I think, the other entity I think is more to blame, is the Yankees. So because the Yankees and Tigers were playing that peacock game that starts at like 1130 in the morning that actually pushed back the start of the Blue Jays game to much later. No. Yeah, they don't usually they used to start at one, but they're not allowed yeah, to start no, at one. No, all but all year they've been starting at one. Yeah, but that's that's this year. That's all new this year. Not oh, not previously. Previously Sunday games were one. So I'm choosing to blame the Yankees. Caitlin, excuse me. So <laughs> I think you need to just go with this. Wouldn't it you wouldn't it be blaming Peacock? Yeah, but it's easier to blame the Yankees. Don't you see? The Yankees have won like 72% of their games. We need to find reasons to blame them. They just don't lose. They don't lose ever. They don't lose ever. But one thing I do want to talk about real quick before we could make fun of the Yankees for a while. There's no point in that. We have come out on the losing end. You know, we here. But I want to, Ricky, you you mentioned this and and it got me thinking. So, you know, there was a lot of question about whether or not Kevin Gosman was was tipping his pitches. You know, they were spitting on those those splitters, changeups that were kind of, you know, he loves to throw, especially against righties like down and away on that outside corner. So he they they made that adjustment and he started throwing a lot of fastballs. But I'm interested in why he wasn't throwing his fastballs to like the that splitter spot. You know what I mean? Like in my mind, I think, and you see some like Shohei Otani, for example, will do this where he'll throw that splitter on that spot, but then he goes and just dots the fastball there because mm-hmm. people give up on it. I'm interested. I wonder. I, I don't know that. I expect you to have the answer, but is it just like he's not? He feels better throwing his fastball up in the zone because that's what he did. Because I, I would have loved to see them go to that splitter spot, but with the fastball. I think sometimes when the wheels are spinning a little bit, and he's. Mm-hmm. He's, he starts thinking like, are they, are they, am I tipping my pitches? Am I, what am I doing? And you start thinking like that. You kind of, it kind of gets you off your game a little bit. And then you, you give up a few runs in the first inning and now you're trying to play catch up and you're trying to do different things. 
it, it, it happens again. It's funny because somebody at the gym this morning, who's a huge Blue Jay fan um, here in Southern California, which out of all places. And he's like, Kevin Gosman, should I be worried about him? And I'm like, no, <laughs> man, like the guy's human. Like, it's okay. Like he's gonna, mm-hmm. it, this is going to happen. And we've talked about this before. There's going to come a time where the offense carries the pitching. And this is where we're at right now. This series, like, it's like the offense just kind of kept the team in the game. Whereas before it was the pitching, 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 give us two runs. We'll handle the rest. And right now it's just like Kikuchi had a little bit of a rough start and, and Gosman and it, it just, it's going to happen. And again, with Gosman, I, I wouldn't put too much thought into it. I, I feel like he's going to make the adjustment or whatever it needs to be made. And he's going to be better the next start. That's for sure. And it's like you said, like it might also just be, I mean, he could be tipping. It could be a combination of things. Like there could have been a tell a little bit, whether it was like they can sort of see the grip he's grabbing or if he's doing something with his glove or whatever. I would say that like the Blue Jays have been in the past pretty good at picking mm-hmm. up on that and identifying it. Like I remember last year, um, like Ross Stripling was very obviously, well, maybe not to us, but like to major league hitters, he was obviously um, tipping his pitches and they sort of figured it out and then they made the adjustment and then he was able to go on and go on a nice real, real run. So I think that like, if there is something that Gosman is doing, like someone will be able to spot it. Someone would be able to find it. Even Joe Siddle was like kind of trying to do some like investigating on the broadcast. So they're, they're going to figure it out, but also it just could be like shifting a little bit of like the approach or like your game plan a little bit. So if for the first two months you were getting away with like, throwing the splitter in certain counts and throwing it to certain places and guys are swinging at it. Like, yeah, that's going to go around the league. And like with Gosman, especially, and he knows this, like he, everyone knows that he's going to throw the splitter and everyone knows what the splitter does. And so like for at, at some point, he was probably going to have to make this kind of adjustment anyway so maybe we're just coming to that point right like yeah. maybe we're just coming to a point where like okay so now they're gonna say let's do it this way let's let's throw it in these counts or let's throw it in this spot or whatever it may be like so it's interesting like i know rocco baldelli after the game was like raving about his hitters and like how how like good they were at the plate and like they're at bats and i think that it sounds to me they just had this game plan of like lay off the splitter like you know it's going to come in these counts like don't swing at it and i think that was like ricky said like if you're gosman and you know you're throwing good ones and in april and may guys were swinging at that and suddenly they're not like it can be frustrating and in the moment you're like what is like what is not working but i'm sure like in the days after you take a step back and you think okay like let's do it this way and obviously like he's had success being this type of pitcher for multiple years now so it's not gonna all of a sudden just go away and there's like that expression if you're a starting pitcher you're like 10 what is it 10 great ones 10 so-so ones and 10 bad ones and like Mm -hmm. so far kevin gosman has either had great or like maybe so-so but like he hasn't really had a bad one so it's the first one where he wasn't great yeah and and it happened and and like you mentioned it's a sequence sometimes teams pick up on sequences and if what is he going to do one two what does he do oh two and i i speak because of experience i remember the red Sox always hit me pretty well and i asked somebody that uh, came over on a trade. And I was like, what, 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 why do you guys see me so well? He's like, well, we take this, the change up out of the equation and we say, okay, we're going to sit on his fastball and we're going to wait on his fastball because his changeup is, is, it starts as a strike and it ends as, as a ball. And sometimes certain teams just have your number. And I'm not saying the Minnesota twins have Gosman's number, but they, they took some really, really good at bats off of them yesterday. 
Certain teams do have his number more, though. And I think the Twins, like the makeup and the sort of at-bats they put up, like, is a harder matchup for for Gosman and maybe even for Kikuchi, too. Mm-hmm. And it, I'm telling you, it happens a lot more often. And that's why when people say, oh, yeah, like he's they can see something from the back. And I'm like, you guys are watching it in slow motion. This thing's this thing happens so fast. The, the, the hitters, it, it, it for them to be able to recognize that they would have to be like absolute geniuses. And and not all of them uh, have that type of uh, a vision to be able to pick that ball up from the from behind his butt and, and then and then know what pitch is coming. The, I, I've mentioned it many times before. Sean Green wrote a book, and he talked about he would do that. And but then other also other guys would be like, "How do you do that?" He'd be like, "Oh, you could see more white." He would bring the, pull the ball here, and you could see it was white, so you knew it was going to be this as opposed to red with seams. And it's like that's not normal. I can't see that. Yeah. I can't see that well for that split second off of his hip, like he said. Uh, that my 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 thing. I'd like to see, or something I'm going to look for next time out is I would like to see him try to dot that that fastball yeah. down in the zone a little bit more. A way to a way to righties try to if they're gonna if they're gonna take if they're gonna say if it's, if this if I'm reading this in that in that zone. I'm going to take it. I'd love to see him dot some fastballs in there for and a strike. Again, I think that you saw a little bit of frustration. I, I read somewhere mm-hmm. that he threw his hardest fastball. Yeah. He, he was 98 he yesterday. Yeah. So it, those are, we call them mad balls, you know, and, and, and he, he just, he probably, he got so frustrated that he just started letting it fly. And, <laughs> and, and it some of, yeah. And some of the early hits too were through the shift, which has happened a lot with Kevin Gosman. I, it's just, it's just, baseball it's just luck but like he had a he had a really good obviously his era and like a lot of his stats strikeouts all these stuff really good but like his babbup was like really high it was like over 300 for a while so it was like he's getting pretty unlucky on balls in play sometimes and that was like a little bit happening um there was like the triple that like probably would have been a single if they hadn't been like shifted in the outfield there was mm-hmm. one that went um like chapman was like shifted over and it went through like there was a few balls where like it wouldn't have been as bad if the shift hadn't been in play but also like the shift gives and it takes away so you know we'll be right back with more spin rate but first check this out looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone luckily with 24 7 us-based live customer service from discover everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime day or night yep you heard that right you can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Uh, so, so I guess a disappointing weekend. I, I, don't, I would never. Also, I wanted to check uh, to circle back as I don't think that we would ever say the Blue Jays as a team were overlooking the Twins. I think a lot of you know fans and those of us who are do this sort of stuff where like you know lump the twins and the tigers and the royals in together which is not fair i think to the twins who have got a pretty good team and a pretty good manager um on the offensive side of course a big 12 run explosion on saturday and also and then uh, as 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 both ricky and caitlin have mentioned uh this sort of the the never the 
the the hard to kill Blue Jays that are always hanging around loitering. So I'm our guy Matt Chapman. Start really starting to pick up. Get, a got a little bit of good luck, little bloop here, little uh, ground ball there, and then he hit a decidedly non bloop home run uh, off Joe Smith, which Joe Smith with the with the took over on the call. If you watch the highlights, you can hear Joe Smith scream, "God damn it!" Like as soon as the ball <laughs> leaves the bat, and then in case you weren't <laughs> sure if it was going to go out or not, but uh, yeah, it, I mean. You know, again, Matt Chapman, a guy who who's had a great year, realistically, because uh, doing exactly what the Blue Jays brought him in to do, play defense, and now if the hits are starting to fall, um, only you know speaks to the quality of his process and and whether or not he's he's going to change uh, change things. I think the thing the thing that he changed is that he grew his mustache back. You know, he had the mustache in spring training, came to Toronto, shaved the mustache. I think there's a lot of hits hits in that mustache. I don't and know, that, Caitlin, if you mentioned that on after the game. And that play he made too was wow. I mean, oh, was he, diving like behind him. <laughs> mm-hmm. He again, he continues to amaze me on defense. And for a guy that's been struggling at the plate, um, to be able to play beyond elite defense says a lot about who he is and what type of player he is. He's a guy that's not letting it, letting the offensive part take over his defensive. Uh, position and when you're able to do that it again it, it shows that hey if i can't help the team on on offense i'm gonna go out on defense and, and do what i know to do we should oh are, should we talk about jose brias before we yeah oh you're right of course on. we could I, i'm i'm so eager to talk about matt chapman <laughs> uh, we can talk about jose brios which uh, i don't know you know caitlin i'm sure you were down there at the ballpark and, and probably heard some of the comments post game or ricky what, what you saw when you um if you were when you're watching the game to me uh the thing with brios this year has been about command and he's been missing like badly over the middle of the play, missing up. Um, and then, you know, after a bit of a rocky first inning, it was he was looking like a, as good a version of Jose Brios as we've seen with those career-high strikeouts. What do we want to attribute this uh, this stronger outing to? Yeah, I mean, I think part of it was um, better command of the sinker and then using that to kind of make the slider, curveball, slurve, whatever you want to call it, um pitch work for him so like you know hitting his sinker inside up and down and then using the the slider to go down and away seemed to be a really good recipe he was getting more swings and misses than he got in any of his other starts obviously he had the 13 strikeouts which is a season high and career high for him um and you know sometimes these things can go either way when you're facing your former team um it can be a little bit additional pressure he faced them last year so it wasn't like it was the first time he was seeing them um but you can never know like how those things are gonna go because like on the one hand you know them a little bit but they know you and like you know you never you never sort of know how um facing your former team is gonna go and Brios was coming off Maybe, well, not his worst start because his worst start was opening day, but not a great start in um, Anaheim. And so you really wanted to see him, um, you know, look better out there. And the other thing, too, was that in Anaheim, he wasn't throwing very hard. Like it was probably the the, uh, his fastball was like the slowest it's been. And Charlie said dead arm and and um jose kind of reiterated that like he was just the arm didn't feel good um and so one of the good things you saw was actually his fastball was uh, as good if not a little better than what it's been all year he was throwing it as hard as basically he can um and he was locating it as well 
And so those were kind of the keys. And then I think he started just getting rolling and it was good because you saw those hard hits early on and you thought, "Uh oh, like, is this another outing where he's going to get, you know, guys are just going to hit him really hard. And yeah, in that first inning and then start of the second inning, he did allow hits over um, a couple over 100 miles per hour. Um, but then he really bared down and he just started locating and I thought he looked great. Um, and uh, definitely, and I kind of wrote this, like, the thing is that he's been doing this a little bit all year, you know, he's had a couple good, and then he comes back, and it's not so great. So as much as this is encouraging, let's see if he can build off it, because there's been a sort of like, one step forward, two steps back with him this year. Yeah, no, the, the one thing that I saw with him was obviously his rhythm. And like you guys mentioned, the command of his fastball, and the movement of his pitches, holy smokes, when when he was throwing that sinker, he was back dooring it, he was front dooring it. And and then working off that uh, slider, slurp, whatever he throws, I think it's a slider. And it was hard. Like, it was in the zone, and then it would disappear. And mm-hmm. when you get that Jose Barrios, it, you're going you're gonna to see more games like that where he's nearly unhittable. And props to him. Again, yeah, dead arm is a real thing. And it does yeah. happen sometimes. And, and it's just you're trying to throw the ball. And <laughs> it's just, you look up at the radar gun, and you're like, man, what's going on? And you're trying to shake it off, but you try and pitch through it. And um, the good thing is that he was able to to uh, get his rest in between and, and come back strong against the Minnesota Twins, because I'm sure for him, it was like, all right, here, here's my chance to uh, put up, put on, put on a good show against my former team and, and also, you know, go out there and, and, and dominate. And again, when you when you when you have movement like that, it it makes the world of difference for him. He's a guy that relies on that. And when it's 94, 95 sinking in at the hands or, you know, you think it's going to be away and then it ends up in the middle of the plate. That's unhittable. And, and he showed his, the Jose Barrios that we, we should be uh, looking out for more this season. Yeah. Uh, I, again, uh, we, we talked a little bit before you know, about if he had a bad start, maybe it would be like a little bit, a bit of a phantom mystery DL stint or something just to figure out, what it was that was that has been holding him back, and I think that other than the velocity in Anaheim, it, there's, it's been hard. Other than, well, don't throw it there because then they hit it hard. Like it, you know, one of those things. Like just that that command piece has been has been really missing, and it's the thing that I keep coming back to, and I keep, you know, it just it makes all the difference, right? When you when you're a putting throwing the throwing pitches where you need them to go, when you're not leaving them over the middle of the plate, when you're if you and if you are going to miss, and you miss, you know, out of the strike zone, which yeah. again, he's a guy who doesn't doesn't. Uh, walk a lot of people right he's he's never going to walk uh, a lot of folks so you just like to see him and I'm, i mean i'm just kind of poking around looking at um at you know saris who who creates that picture that pitch report a picture report for for the athletic where he has his like stuff plus and command plus and you know he's got these sort of breakdowns where 100 is average for stuff uh sorry 100 is average so higher is better uh it's got stuff plus location plus and pitching plus and you know, Barrios is, is well above average in the most recent update in all of those, right? His stuff is well above average. His location is well above average. His overall numbers are are well above average. Like he's, you know, he, he's in among the top 50 pitchers in baseball, which is, you know, no secret. Like that's, it's those sorts of things that, that make him the kind of guy the Blue Jays invested in and the kind of guy that the Blue Jays saw and Blue Jays fans saw down the stretch last year. So, it's just that that little tiny piece. I feel like that's that has needed to be unlocked for Barrios, and uh, maybe, maybe he's there. 
Yeah. Then, uh, it, for, for me, it's tempo. If it, when his tempo is going, it, you mm. just see it, you see the difference. And, you know, there's sometimes where you see his wheels are spinning a little bit. And yeah. when he starts giving up a few big base hits or hard base hits, but it seemed like this weekend, his, his tempo was just like, boom, boom, getting on the mound. Cause he's got so much movement in his delivery, but uh, when his tempo is going, he's just so much better. He is like, he does work when you can tell when he's on, he works fast. Um, because yeah. I've noticed last year when he was really good down the stretch, I've thought, oh, he's one of the fastest pitchers this year. Uh, or he's one of the faster pitchers on the Jays staff. But then I looked at like some of the pace um, stats this year and he wasn't as fast as I thought. But then I think like it's also because he struggled a little bit this year. Mm-hmm. And so I think actually like when he's on, he's actually really quick. Um, yeah. He's like Alec Manoa in that way because Alec's like that as well. Like Alec's really fast on the mound. Um, but often it's because like Alec is like dealing and he's just like going, going, going. And like Brios is like so athletic up there that like I think he just kind of like gains momentum and just is like, you know, there, there, there. So yeah, it was good to see him. It was good to see him bounce back because like, can't you can't find a nicer guy um and like <laughs> his his kids are finally here um from puerto rico i think i think they're here for the summer now um and they're just like adorable and they're always running around the clubhouse and like it's just they're they're so fun um so i was glad to see him like have a nice start too because just seemed like you know he's such a great guy and he's such a good team guy and even though he was struggling like he's always out there like supporting his other starters and like you know watching the team and like rooting for them obviously so it's good to see him looking more like himself because you know he he is a good pitcher and so if he can get on a roll uh, i think obviously that'll help the blue jays and then it helps too like if you know gosman is in a bit of a like struggling period and all it's only been one start but like that's how rotations go one guy gets hot for a bit another guy comes down a little bit you know so it's not always going to be every all of them dealing at the same time other than manoa yeah (laughs) other than manoa yeah the guy doesn't miss (laughs) no it's true so uh looking at the tempo numbers from barrios who does uh what Drew's sneezing right now. This is what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at the tempo numbers, uh, Barrios, who does, you know, who d- works at, re- relative to his place in the league, works, you know, he, like a lot of guys, he works faster with the bases open, works slower with guys on, which again, he's had a lot of traffic on the bases yeah. this year. So more spin rate coming up right after these words from our sponsors. If you're as obsessed with basketball as I am, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Hey guys, this is JJ Redick. Twice a week, I'm cooking up something special for basketball junkies on my podcast, The Old Man and the Three. I bring on guests in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, like Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash or Paulo Bencaro on his shooting workouts with Kevin Durant, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron when they were teammates in Miami. But it's not just about the player interviews. Every Monday, I break down the top three things happening around the NBA without the outlandish takes. Often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler, we dive deep into topics like rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? The Old Man of the Three is the only companion podcast you'll need during the playoffs this year. Be sure to listen to The Old Man of the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. 
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. We got Barrios headed mm-hmm. in the right direction. They got they got uh, Kevin Gossman sort of uh, overcoming some adversity. The one thing I wanted to talk a little bit about was again just kind of zooming out a little bit and looking at some of the trends. Obviously, we saw the Blue Jays uh, have been scoring a bunch of runs. That is a good way to 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 win some games. I'm just wondering if there's anything in particular with uh, here's one thing. One thing that's jumped right out at me, and mm-hmm. I made this comment on Twitter, and I and I was lo- love to see it come to pass. And I, I was really hoping to see Vladimir Guerrero Jr. in particular pull the ball more. Pull the baseball. You are big and strong. And then, of course, he did it. Now, maybe the pitch that he pulled a couple inches off the inside of the plate, but he did manage to hit it, hit it over the fence. But if you look at the Blue Jays as a team, you know, in May and June, they pulled about 40% of the, of the balls, which feels crazy low. But here, or, sorry, April and May. And here in June, they've already, in, in an early small sample, they've pulled 50% of the balls that they've put in play. Which I think, I, I guess maybe the question is: is that is that a process thing or is that a results thing? I mean, am, am I am I am I do I have it backwards? I guess is what I'm asking. Are they more productive because they're pulling the ball, or they're pulling the ball because they're more productive? What do, what do we think? Does anyone have? Do anyone have any, have any well, ideas? With Vladdy, I think it's where he's being pitched, mm-hmm. and and yeah, if he's being pitched in 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 and he's getting hammered in and and. You got to do what you got to do sometimes as a as a hitter, and you got to make those adjustments. And it's crazy because he hits that home run. I saw your tweet, and then he he obviously pulled the ball on a jam shot home run, which is crazy. And then the next next at bat, he absolutely barrels a ball, and then it gets caught. And it's just mm-hmm. the way baseball is sometimes. But I think it's just with Vladdy. It's just again for me is sometimes he tries to do a little bit too much, and he we get it. You know, he he is a superstar and and all the good stuff, but. Um, he wants, he wants to hit the ball, you know, out of, out of the Rogers center almost every time it seems like, but, you know, and, and when we've seen him at his best, he, he's so good at, at taking the ball the other way or hitting it where it's pitch. And I think right now pitchers have been attacking him hard, hard in, and, um, it's on him obviously to make those adjustments. I, I think, yeah. oh, Caitlin, please go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I think some guys too are just leaning into that. Like obviously Danny Jansen coming back and that's just who he's decided, not who he's decided he is, but he's just kind of embracing that natural pull power that he has. And I think when he does that, the results are going to go to that side. And then also when he's up there with a clearer mind, he can also go the other way sometimes because he's not overthinking things. He's just kind of saying, I'm looking for this. And sometimes he'll just take what they give him and maybe it goes the other way. But certainly getting him back, Teoscar back, I think like also um, uh, Lourdes, you're seeing him more on more uh getting his hits now and they're falling and i even talked to him and he was saying he had a conversation with Bo that and Bo told him like go up the middle more like go up the middle more you're going to write too much um just you know get out of your head go up the middle go to the go to um you know left field and and avoid right field right now because maybe you're not and then maybe like as you gain 
um, kind of gain momentum at the plate, then you can start to um, go the other way when that's what they're giving you, right? Um, so uh, it's it's a good question. And I, the other observation that I've had lately, and this is kind of going with that, is like they're just hitting the ball out now. Like they weren't for the start of May, for the first three weeks of May, they were not getting home runs. And I looked at the numbers and like now in the last, um, basically since that, outburst in St. Louis, that eight run game in St. Louis, that when they started that win streak, um, they have the highest like home run to fly ball ratio. And that's what they were last year. Like they were a team that hit a lot of home runs. And like, even in a game they lost um, on Sunday, they hit four home runs. And George obviously is just hitting the ball so well right now in that leadoff position. You have Kirk that's hitting everything. <laughs> um, you had Tay Oscar finally has found like he was like getting hot. He was getting singles. He had like a five or six game hit streak, but they were all kind of singles. Then he finally hit a hard double. He had a couple hard hit doubles that like just missed going over. And then the last couple of days we've seen him um, hit some home runs. And then once he starts hitting home runs, then all of a sudden Vladdy starts to turn. He's getting pitched to a little bit easier because Teoscar's hot right now. It all has like some, what of a ripple effect. And that's been yeah. the funny thing about the offense is like, it started with one guy a little bit. I think it started a little bit with Jansen. He kind of hit that home run in St. Louis. It sort of seemed to unleash a lot of stress. Um, but then after that, it wasn't like, oh, Jansen and like Kirk are carrying the team right now. It was like literally all of them mm-hmm. were immediately like on a hot streak. It was like Tapia had like a OPS over a thousand for like a couple games there because he was just hitting everything. And like, um, and they've kind of, that's but what they've been doing lately. And so it's going to dip. There's going to be some guys that are going to cool off. And then you're going to see maybe like a Bo and a Vlad and a Teoscar carry them for a little bit. It's like maybe, I don't know, but Kirk is like hitting everything right now. And he looks like a guy that can hit at everything. But, you know, <laughs> that's been the funny thing and, about and the offense es- to me. And Espinal, holy smokes. Yeah. Like he's another guy that just. Wow, he just continues to amaze you every week. Like yeah, every he hit game. a home run too. Yeah, he put them back in the game, and man, like just the at bats that he takes are like, okay, this this kid is is here to stay. Like he he is doing it, man. And and when you see the when you see when you think of Santiago Espinal last season, you're like, okay, he's a guy that can play uh, really really good defense, and he's gonna get his base hits here and there. But all of a sudden, he's like pulling the ball and and getting his home runs and getting doubles and, and clutch hits. And I mean, that that's good to see. And like Caitlin said, it's like everyone all of a sudden got hot. And this, this is, this tells you how dangerous this lineup can be. And then obviously you throw in Matt Chapman too. And, and the way he's been hitting the ball, um, it just, yeah. I mean, it, I, I feel like it takes a little bit of pressure off of Vladdy. And that's why I say, sometimes I feel like he presses and he tries to do too much when it's like, Hey, I'm, if they're pitching me inside, I'm going to make the adjustment and 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 take and and go to the left side. Um, I think early in the season you saw away, away, away. Pitchers don't want to get beat in, and he's looking away and he's hitting the ball the other way. Where now they're like, all right, we got him looking the other way. Now we're going to stand them up and freeze them inside. And again, being the professional that he is, I'm sure he's going to make those adjustments. I I would agree that I, that I think he sometimes tries to do too much. I think my my point that I, I made on Twitter was sometimes I think he he. He is trying to do too much in terms of being too good a hitter and not, I think he needs to be more of an ignorant, be, get a little bit more ignorant in there and just be like, mm-hmm. I'm just here to mash. I, you know, while I, like, you know, you don't get extra credit for, for dumping it into right field sometimes. And, and, and you see it yeah. on the home runs, like you, you yeah. can see the frustration. Like he's like, ah, like, like he, yeah, he had exactly. that, that where he threw his bat down and you can just tell, like, okay, this is who I am. 
You know, like mm-hmm. I need to quit trying to be someone else. Exactly. He hit one to center field so hard. <laughs> over. I can't remember oh, what day it was. And that's but. the thing we, we've been saying that, and, and I and I still believe that it's been killing Matt Chapman because he keeps hitting it to the big part of the field, and he has a very conscious, very conscientious. He's very you know smart, but you know I talk, I mentioned Eno uh, earlier, Eno Saris, and he's got another good story that came out I think just last week, and it's about how far opposite field home runs are way way down over um over the past uh, couple seasons like opposite field home runs are down 40 percent since 2019 so you know we saw that especially in in Dunedin right with Bo and Vlad both hitting the ball out a ton to right center field I think uh I think that again it's it's it is a bit of a chicken and chicken and an egg and I think that when they are going better, they are put, they put themselves in the position to get those that to show off that pull power to really kind of get to those inside pitches when they are proving that they can spoil those outside ones when they are productive on the pitches away. But I think a little bit of, a little bit of, uh, the, the Joseph W. Bautista, uh, approach of just like, you know, Danny Jansen showing the way. It's like, we're going to, we're going to pull it. We're going to, we're going like a softball team. We're just going to yank it down the line every <laughs> single time. Uh, it, one thing to watch also as we, as we kind of wrap up a little bit here is the Blue Jays are headed out on the road. They're playing in two very large ballparks in mm-hmm. Kansas City, uh, and Detroit. So, uh, so maybe that, uh, that A, that tendency to, or an ability to use the whole field, um, will come in handy, uh, while also, you know, recognizing that if you're going to hit it out in, you know, Kansas City at Coffin Stadium, you better go down the line because that is a big old, a big old yard. So something to keep also facing the Royals pitching staff is a great way to, uh, to get well, hopefully, uh, <laughs> the, the Royals. Uh, so that's it. Anything else, to, anything else, Caitlin, you got, uh, you got your eye on as the Blue Jays head out into, uh, the Midwest. Hopefully, what I can only assume will be a humid and steamy affair in Kansas City and in Detroit. Um, no, I mean, like, uh, Kansas City is a good, um, you know, opportunity for the Blue Jays to maybe make up for a win they should have had against the Twins. Um, and like you said, it's uh, the Royals are not good this year. Um, they might even be worse than last year, which I don't even know how that's possible. But, um, you know, it's a, a good opportunity for the Blue Jays. And then I will be in Detroit. It's actually going to be my first time at uh, Comerica Park. Is it Comerica Park? Mm-hmm. Um, Is it still called that? Whatever. I, yeah. You don't work I with think the banks. So. Um, <laughs> so I will be there, um, which I'm excited about because I've uh, never experienced I don't even know that I've ever been to Detroit, if I'm being honest. I think maybe I've driven through it and maybe been there quickly as a, a kid, but not any anytime recently. So going to do that drive, drive over to Windsor. Oh, that's the exciting. So, yeah. The drive. It is a beautiful stadium. It is, it's the, the stadium is really, really nice. I always enjoyed going there and, and playing against the Tigers there. So I'm looking this the the. The thing for me that I'm looking forward to this this coming up series is for the offense to continue to stay hot, and and obviously watching Manoa. I mean, how do you not get tired of watching that guy and what he's been able to do this season and even last season? Like just how he's carried it over. Um, his starts are fun to watch. He's holy smokes! Like he, yeah, he looks like he's ready to rip somebody's heads off every every time <laughs> he throws a pitch. So I'm just looking forward to the to see how the offense, how they continue to, to build on what they've been able to accomplish this, this past like 10 days. So I'm looking forward to that. Two uh, sort of different teams. I think we've spoken about the Kansas city and their struggles pitching. Uh, There's been a lot of interesting conversation online about like their philosophy, their development, all those sorts of things, calling it into question. 
Uh, they do have some interesting arms. Uh, where Detroit, who is also having a, a kind of surprisingly um, bad season, their starting pitching is terrific. They've got great starters. They've got great arms, but they're just not scoring runs. They have not a lot of uh, of all, very productive hitters in their mix. So uh, again, something something worth keeping your eye on as the Blue Jays with their. Uh, I feel like the Blue Jays do avoid some of their best starters though when they go in. Look at Miguel Cabrera. He's up over league average, hitting 300 this year. That's great, Brad. Kaylin, I want to. I want to hear the report card on the on the food. That's what I want to hear about. Oh yes, yes. <laughs> I wonder, I, is there a is there a signature <laughs> item there at uh, Comerica Park? I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. But I'm sure there's something. I don't. I don't go down to concessions very much, but we'll see what the um, press box meal is like. <laughs> um, also, see if they have like. I always like when like there's a lot of snack option throughout the game is always good the blue jays are good about leaving out a lot of snacks so <laughs> they are always key Man. yeah yeah there's a lot of snacks available i always used to just get the popcorn i never bought yeah. like the meal or anything like that i would just go and like drink coke zero and eat popcorn and, and coffee if it was cold <laughs> that's what i would do <laughs> so the blue jays are headed out we are headed out for the for for this episode of spin right i want to say thank you of course to ricky and caitlin for taking the time um it's been a great show, and the Blue Jays are uh, are still right there. Again, a hot, nice hot streak put them very much in the middle of things. They are distantly behind the unstoppable Yankees killing machine. <laughs> but that's another debate for another day. Thank you again to Ricky and Caitlin. Thank you to you for listening. My name is Drew. We'll talk to you next time on Spin As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.